morning, Bethel Church. Uh, allow me to introduce you to my friend uh, Mikhail Sukup, uh, missionary from the Czech Republic. Uh, we're going to be taking a, a little break from our series in Acts this morning and uh, get to learn a little bit more about Mikhail and uh, life in ministry in the Czech Republic and what it is um, that he does there. Uh, he's over visiting uh, us for the first time, so we're excited for, for you guys to get to know him better. Uh, we met in 2015. Uh, Bethel sent a, a missions team over to the Czech Republic, and we got paired with Mikal and his church, and uh, so our relationship goes back uh, a while. Mikal's English is, is good. Um, his English is a lot better than my Czech, um, and so we're going to let him share, uh, but it's also hard to speak in your second language, so uh, I thought it might work better if we just did a little interview and, and him and I could kind of interact and you guys could learn through, uh, through that experience. So that's, the, uh, that's what's going on. He works for an organization called Josiah Venture uh, that, that works to reach the youth in Central and Eastern Europe. Uh, he's been with them for the last three years. And uh, you may hear, if we say the phrase JV, uh, that's the abbreviation for, for Josiah Venture, um, and and. Mikal is uh, a good friend, but but want you guys to get to know him so that he's not just uh, my good friend. So uh, we'll start off with the, the opening question. This is your first time to Alaska, the first time to the United States. Um, I remember going to the Czech Republic for the first time and thinking many things were strange and weird or different. So what is your perspective as a first time to Alaska? What is strange, weird, or different about us? Hmm. Uh, good morning to everyone. I'm bringing uh, first my greetings from Czech churches, especially from the church, the town of Most, where we um, collaborate with your church on our Czech English camps. And then from the church of City Opava, where me and my wife Edith is now living and serving. So question was about differences. Yeah, what's weird about us? You can point if you need to. <laughs> Well, so first thing which I realized that this is different is that actually your drivers are very considerate. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> I'm not joking because your, your roads are very um, big. big and there are only a few cars, so you are time to wait, you are time to let other pass. And I don't know this from Czech Republic. Our <laughs> streets are very, na very narrow and there are a lot of cars, so we are trying to use every square centimeter of road. <laughs> so I'm really enjoying it. And the second difference was when uh, me and Edith asked Jonah if we can visit your shop and try some of your um, American drink and we were looking for one bottle. So we find the thing we would like to buy, and now I'm seeing, okay, buy six of them, and you get another six, and another six for free. <laughs> but you know, I wanted to buy only one bottle, not 18 of them, so. <laughs> Bigger is better in America, and Alaska in particular. Help us to get to know you a, a little bit as a, as a person. Can you tell us your journey to becoming a, a follower of Jesus? Mm -hmm. It was in my age of 11. In that time, I really liked one girl, and one day she invited me into youth group, so I went. And it was a really strong experience because um, 
from first moment, I really deeply feel that this kids has something what I haven't and I really desire to have. Now I can say it was Holy Spirit because these people, these kids really lived what they are talking about. And for me it was very unique experience. So I stayed, the girl after three weeks, after my first visit of youth group, left with their parents to another city and I never uh, met her again. So there was only three weeks window for me to become, uh, to find uh, a church where I can meet God. Mm-hmm. Cool. Can you tell me a little bit about your country as a whole? What is it like to be a Christian in the Czech Republic? What is the, the spiritual condition of your country? In Czech Republic, there are only a few Christians. You can imagine that, that if all of you were regular Czechs, only one, at maximum two of you, are Christians. So you can imagine that, that if you are a student, you are the only one Christian on your school. No other Christian teachers, staff, or, or students. And if you are adult, you are the only one Christian on your work. And this is our situation. By numbers and spiritual background is that, that Czech people uh, don't care about religious stuff and they just won't live their, life, their lives and have peace and relax. So they are kind and they want to spend us with us Christians but on tennis court, on bowling, uh, watching TV, but not speaking about Jesus. So this is, this is our situation in Czech. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you used the word indifferent in the mm-hmm. past. That they're not persecuting you, mm-hmm. but they don't care what you believe. Yeah, Czech country is one of the most safest countries in the world. So even you are Christian, nobody wants to persecute it, mostly. Nobody uh, tries to laugh on you. They just don't care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, would you tell us uh, a little bit about what it is that you do? What is, what is your job for Josiah Venture? What are you doing for your, your ministry? Mm-hmm. How I mentioned, in Czech, there are only a few Christians. So 99% of leaders of youth group or worship band or elders are volunteered people. And in youth group, is the specific that many of them uh, are very young and untrained, unexperienced people who just have desire to serve, so they do it, their ministry. And uh, it is about eight years, uh, maybe a little bit more, when I started to feel this huge need about supporting youth leaders in Czech because they have mostly no support from anybody so church started, starts to take care of them after they failed. So it's, it was really breaking my heart. And uh, four years ago, I knew that God is calling me to full-time ministry. So I left my well-paid job and entered to Josiah Venture. And it was you know, another open window from God in my life because I have this desire, but Josiah Venture was searching for manager of Czech English camps. And I signed up. 
uh, and then we start to talk together and they are they started to share with me their desire to somehow somewhere uh, support youth group leaders but like personally not only make an event for them some conferences but support them uh, personally on one by one um, discipleship discipleship and in that moment it really um, hits my heart because I respond okay this is what I really desire to do and um, now I am serving in Josa Venture for three years and me and my colleagues developed five ways how we can help youth group leaders so at first it's just going alongside, we are people who really cares about their ministry. We can offer our shoulders for uh, tears or happiness and we can pray for them. Just one call per week or month. Just, hey, how are you? What's new in your ministry? How can I help? How can I pray for you? The second is uh, mentoring and training. I am a volunteered youth group leader for 20 years. So I experience many of my failures in ministry so I can share <laughs> and don't let the leaders repeat these failures and I experience a um, couple of wins so I can share this too. Uh, third way is uh, coaching, so asking a good question for well-experienced leaders, just let them grow and uh, the fourth pillar of our ministry is uh, some kind of counseling uh, you can imagine that uh, you are 17 years old youth group leader, volunteered without no experience, and in that time your parents may be getting divorced. And they are maybe Christian, and your Christian life is destroying. So you don't know what you can do. And this is a situation where we can help, or we can help youth group leader if he is solving some problem in his youth. And fifth, five, uh, fifth mm -hmm. um, pillar of my ministry is to connect youth group leaders and elders or pastors in our churches because these two groups mostly don't speak together. Because the young one uh, think that the elders are totally overloaded because they are volunteered servants too. So they are making their ministry in church after their school or, or elders, or after their work. And it, they mostly are overloaded. So they don't want to ask them for help. And the elders think mostly that they don't understand the young generation. So they are giving place and space to younger one, to their ministry, but don't much uh, connect together. So I experienced three churches where uh, I was successful to connect these two groups and their mission activities like raise up because younger one brings new ideas and creativity and passion for the, for the mission and the elders can bring their wisdom, they care and sometimes we Younger, young people need to be calmed down because, because sometimes we are too fast. So this is five pillars, what we can do and we are doing in serving in Czech Republic. How old were you when you started volunteering to lead youth group? <laughs> um, I was 15. So 
imagine being 15, untrained, and recognizing the, the great need uh, that your country has yeah. and, and to have another uh, experienced youth leader that can come alongside and, and walk you through that. Especially when I was an uh, introvert intellectual. So yeah. you can imagine how the youth looks like. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> next question, I'm, I'm going to ask uh, about uh, the connection to Ukraine for the, the Czech Republic, but just for context, uh, Americans and European geography, not always a great match. Um, where Mikhail lives in, in Opava, uh, it is about 300 miles to the, the western border of Ukraine. Um, that's the distance from Fairbanks to Wasilla. We drive that for a soccer tournament. Uh, you know, it, it's close. How has being that close to, to a war impacted your ministry, your community, and Josiah Venture? I was very kindly surprised that uh, I think mostly maybe all of Czech people, believers, non-believers, start to help Ukraine and sending money and offering their houses for refugees for, from the first beginning of this crisis. So I'm very happy for that. Uh, especially if mm, when we in Czech Republic has historical experience with Russia colonialism. And uh, you asked about how this crisis um, touch our ministry. Josiah Venture is international organization which is serving in 14 countries, 14 post-Soviet Union countries. So it is middle and east, south part of Europe and uh, including Ukraine. So we had a news about the crisis from the first eye, first hand, how we are thinking Czech. So we could start immediately to offer help. So we send buses full of stuff, medicine, tent, uh, full of um, food. food and uh, other things. And back we were taking um, the women and children. We used our facilities in, in Poland, Czech Republic and Slovakia and offer for short term uh, accommodation to these refugees and then coordinate the help and connect Czech churches and as well Poland and Slovakia churches to offer their homes and then send the refugees to these churches. Mm -hmm. And I'm very glad that uh, Josiah Venture not only coordinated the help but um, they really, uh, how to say it in English, sorry. They really allowed us mm -hmm. to join to this help, how we can help. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you mentioned the, the help still goes on, and so on the josiahventure.com website, um, that there are still ways to continue to, to, to help uh, yes. with funds to allow them to, to minister, and, and they have the network in place. Uh, they're not starting something, they're using what is already there to, to connect. Yes. Um, people to needs and needs to people. So, Our connection, you and I, we met at English camp. Uh -huh. um, why is that important and why is that a useful tool for evangelism in the mm -hmm. Czech Republic? And why is our team the best? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> it is really important to understand how I said that Czech people don't care about Christianity, about religiosity. And English is one of the things which is really interested 
uh, for Czech youth because they know Netflix, they know PC games and they know your English bands. So they need to know English not only because of final exam on their high school. Um, and we as Czech are not able to teach English very well because we are not native speakers. So this is the third, first reason why is your team so important for Czech because you are the reason for Czech students to sign up. Another reason is that Chesa Venture is making their English camp the way that there is a lot of space for conversation and for sharing gospel. For example, every room where we are staying during English camp, there is one Czech Christian, one American Christian, and one or two non-believers from Czech. So there are a huge opportunity to share just by naturally. Just by the way, just we are talking about it. Mm -hmm. And um, the other, other reason is that Czech people are pretty tough people and we need a long time and long relationship to become Jesus. For example, my wife there is uh, some kind of child of English camp and she needed five English camps to turn to Jesus. So that's why uh, it is not only about one mission trip, it is about long relationship. And I'm very glad that uh, the connection between my church and your church, between me and Mark and other your people from our church, is um, long term because it really brings fruit. Well, how can we as a church support you and, and come alongside you and your ministry? We certainly can see the need. At first, I would like to, guys, really, really thank you because um, your three years long financial support of my ministry allowed me to step into this ministry and develop this kind of five pillars of, of ministry. And um, for me, it is great miracle because... This is my first time I'm here, and still you are supporting me for three years. So for me, it's uh, really hard to understand how God is doing this, this, this way. So this is my first thank you. And there are two ways how I desire to see your next support. At first, um, uh, I would like to ask you... <clears throat> to send another mission team or mission teams to Czech Republic because the Czech fields are really huge and there are only few workers on this crop. So this is my first ask for you. Uh, just please send another people. It really helps, especially in youth generation. And the second way how you can support me is uh, financially because now I am supported to 70% of my um, needs. And in Czech Republic, now we have more than 17% year-to-year inflation. And a couple of things are, the prices grow up like many times. For example, the prices for electricity is now 10 times um, more expensive than one year before. Our, today, this morning, I read an article that our factories, which um, bringing heat to our homes, uh, will 
raised their prices for five times from the January. So there are the situation is not good in Czech Republic, and uh, this is the moment where you can join to my support team. Uh, I will be there. You can find me, talk with me, and uh, on the foyer there is a table, and there are uh, posters with my introduction, my ministry, and on the back sides there are contacts on me. So if you want, we can set Zoom meeting or we can call. Or uh, there is a QR code for um, you know donation donation page on Josiah Venture websites, and uh, I am looking for people who will support my ministry regularly. Well, thank you. Well, let me uh, support you with prayer. So thank you for sharing with us, uh, Lord. We're thankful for uh, my my friend Mikal and for uh, Edit, uh, Lord, and their ministry in the Czech Republic. You know the need, you know uh, the lost people, and your heart for them is greater than ours. So we do desire uh, that, that we would see more and more people, particularly young Czechs, come to know you and trust you and love you so that they can tell more and more Czechs about you. Um, so Lord, please uh, bring the workers that we need and the resources that are required. Um, thank you for being um, in charge and, and allowing Mikal to get connected to our church so that we are able to come alongside and support him uh, in his ministry. Lord, continue to bless him and bless his time as he's here as our visitor and as our guest. It's been a pleasure. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Michal. Uh, well, we wanted to share... Uh, a little bit with uh, you guys, and, and I want to talk a little bit about my relationship to Mikal and English Camp and, and the Czech Republic, and, and then some things that I think that we uh, can learn uh, from him while he is here. Um, we've sent uh, five uh, different teams over to the, the Czech Republic the first year in 2015. Uh, there were 13 of us uh, that went over, and, and since that time, uh, 32 different people have been representatives of Bethel Church that have gone over and served and loved uh, the people in the Czech Republic. Uh, and, and it was cool to see uh, 16 of those people went back again uh, for multiple trips, and some as many as, uh, as every, every trip have gone all five times. Uh, so you see uh, that, that when people go, they, they recognize the need and are willing to go back and, and continue to serve. Um, I was thinking back, uh, kind of a special memory for me is, is while we were uh, over there, uh, two of our team members I got to baptize in a Czech lake. Uh, they recognized, and they had been to Czech on, on previous trips, and, and they recognized that the Czech was a special place for them and their journey of, of growing in their trust and love for the Lord. So as they were taking that step in baptism, they said, can we go do it over there? Uh, so I got to do uh, some baptisms uh, in, in the Czech Republic. And so when I think of that place, I have really good memories. I can go back to that lake, uh, hopefully someday again, and, 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 and be reminded of that. So, so when I hear from Mikal, this is incredibly encouraging uh, to me. Um, he ha has been my friend. He has been uh, a partner in ministry. I have, I have many memories. Um, it's been a strange partnership, uh, an unexpected partnership. Uh, he and I did not seek each other out. Um, there's not a, uh, a service that for, for that, but, but we applied to, to work with Josiah Venture, and, and they were looking for a church, and so God, in his wisdom, uh, put our church and his church together. 
Uh, and I will confess to my initial opinions of uh, Mikal, and he heard this last service, I think, for the, for the first time. Uh, he scared me. Uh, he scared me a bit. Um, he initially came across as this super high energy, and he had this bright orange hat that burned your retinas when you looked at him. And he was just bouncing off the walls. And if you know me, I'm pretty chill. Uh, every now and then, I have an emotion and a feeling and, uh, you know, and a heartbeat, but most of the time, I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty laid back. And so um, I remember particularly the, that first day, those first few days as we were getting to know each other, prayers to God of saying, what are you doing? How is this going to work? How, why did we get partnered uh, with him? <laughs> but I'll tell you, we dove in. Because uh, there was work to do and there was ministry to be done. And, and we served alongside and, and we learned from them and they learned from us. And, and we, as, as a team from Fairbanks, Alaska, did our best to, to minister uh, to the, our new friends in the Czech Republic and, and help be a part of the evangelistic process and share the gospel. Uh, and I will tell you that, that what started as this frantic, uh, out-of-control energy in my interpretation, I began to see how it was rooted in a deep love to see the next generation of Czechs come to know the Lord. And, and, and my understanding of his love for his people um, helped me grow to really appreciate who he is and, and how he does that. And I got to see him as a shepherd and caring for, for his team as he trained up the, the workers underneath him and the next generation of leaders and shepherded them and cared for them and mentored them through this camp and ministry and evangelism uh, experience. So uh, for multiple summers, Mikal and I got to work together and, and really um, it was an honor to get to be part of what they are doing. Uh, and to help be a light in what is truly uh, a spiritually very dark uh, place. Um, during our time uh, together, I, 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 it's been fun to see me call go from volunteer uh, to, to full-time uh, ministry, and, and that was a difficult decision, going from a, a good paying and stable job to um, coming and, and needing to raise support and I appreciate his heart for the, the people of the Czech Republic. So when I hear from him that conversation, him and I have had lots of conversations while he's been here, that's really encouraging to me. Um, I know the people he's talking about. I know the experiences. I know what an English camp is. I've met uh, lots of Czech people. So that's really encouraging to me. So my question for us this morning, and, and not just with, with Mikal as, as one specific minister, missionary, what is our response why does it matter to us? Why should it matter to us what God is doing in other parts of the world? You see, the, the, the likelihood, the percentage of people in this room that will, will ever go on a missions trip to the Czech Republic and kind of serve alongside them is probably pretty small. Uh, most of you, um, that, that's not um, a likely outcome, but, but here we are. Uh, I, in the first service, I could say fall. I think this service, I now have to say winter. In the middle of, as, as winter is, is dawning on us, we sit here in Fairbanks, Alaska. Why does it matter today to you, to us, what's going on with Mikal and ministries in the Czech Republic? Why do we care and why should we care? Uh, so uh, I would say a pretty good starting point is to look at the, the Great Commission uh, it's where we get the instructions from Jesus about our need as Christians to share the gospel with others and with the world. In the book of Matthew, Jesus tells his disciples the famous statement, go and make disciples of all nations, 
baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded to you. So here we get this call to love their neighbor, to to share uh, and evangelize with the gospel their neighbor. And so that call was to the disciples, but they have passed it on down through the generations. And that same instruction is now given to us that we are to make disciples of all nations and all peoples and all people groups. Because see, even if by God's grace, uh, everybody in the city of Fairbanks, Fairbanks North Star Borough, came to know Jesus as Lord and Savior, but if by God's grace that were to happen, our job is not done. That we are to continue to go and to share and to find the next people group and the next nation. Because see, in the book of Acts, uh, we get some instructions on sort of a, in the Great Commission, but it's a little bit more clarifying about the, the location. There's a specificity. Uh, and Jesus tells them, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, right where you are, in Judea and Samaria and the nearby regions. And then he says, you will be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. Uh, and I was laughing kind of about this from, from uh, my perspective when I initially thought of the Czech Republic. It felt like the ends of the earth. To us here in this room, the Czech Republic is essentially the ends of the earth. Uh, if I gave you a blank map of Europe, how many people in here could find Czech Republic and feel really confident about it? Okay, right? That's the ends of the earth. And shows that we're bad at European geography. <laughs> but the funny thing is, flip side to Mikal and, 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 and Edit, when they got on an airplane to fly 20 plus hours to Fairbanks, Alaska, in what was fall and is now winter, I think we felt like the ends of the earth. So why do we care um, about other countries and, and ministries in other places? Sometimes the answer is because the Bible tells you so, and we're supposed to. But there's a, a passage that came to mind that I wanted to kind of spend a little bit time in specifically here this morning uh, as I was thinking about that question and, and, and rattling it around in my brain uh, this week. Uh, so if you have your Bible, you want to turn to Romans chapter 1. That's what uh, I, want to, I want to point to. And it's part of the kind of the introduction to, to Romans as Paul is writing And what I think is particularly interesting in this, the context of this letter, is that he's writing to a church that he hasn't been to yet. See, often when we read Paul, if you think about this, when we read Paul, he's writing back to a church that he planted, or he's writing back to a Timothy or a Titus or somebody that he discipled. And so there's a a pre-existing relationship. and, And when Paul writes, he writes with love and care, and it comes across in his writing. But in this letter to the Romans, he's writing to a group of people that he probably mostly hasn't met. Um, He's not writing to a bunch of friends. He's writing to mostly strangers. And about them, he says this in Romans chapter 1, picking up in verse 8. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith is being reported all over the world. God, whom I serve in my spirit in preaching the gospel of his son, is my witness how constantly I remember you in my prayers at all times. And I pray that now at last by God's will, the way may be open for me to come to you. 
I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that I plan many times to come to you, but have been prevented from doing so until now, in order that I might have a harvest among you, just as I've had among the other Gentiles. I am obligated both to the Greeks and the non-Greeks, both to the wise and the foolish. That is why I am so eager to preach the gospel also to you who are in Rome. Uh, as, I, as I read through this passage this week, I, I saw a few things from Paul that... Um, that pointed out about his relationship with this church in Rome that, that I think are applicable to the question that we're asking about why we should care. Uh, and the first one is right here at the, in verse 8. He says, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is being reported in all over the world. Uh, your faith is being reported all over the world. We don't think that Paul was just being polite. Uh, he was just sort of uh, being courteous. We think that what was happening was really being uh, talked about in other places, that, that Paul was hearing stories from them. And I imagine Paul in Philippi or in Ephesus and talking with uh, church members there going, are you hearing what's happening in Rome? And Rome was a tough place and, and polytheism and, and Caesar worship and all these things. And yet this church was taking root and had a, a foundation. And so this brought Paul great joy as he heard about their ministry, as he heard about the success that they were finding. He says this uh, in verse 9. Constantly, I remember you in my prayers. He even says, as God is my witness, uh, I constantly remember you uh, in my prayers at all times. Uh, And he's letting them know as he hears about them, as he thinks about them, it's not just a, a thought that drifts by, but he's saying he continually takes those moments and prays for his brothers and sisters in the church in Rome, many of whom he has never met. And I would just say kind of an application for this, for us might be just a reminder that when we offer to pray for somebody, I think according to Paul, we're actually supposed to do it. I think we're supposed to, Keep doing it and, and continue on. Um, we can be honest about our own, you know, failures in this area or something like, yeah, I, I'd love to pray for you about that. And you're lucky if you get there once, right? Uh, and yet we see Paul saw the purpose and power of prayer as he regularly lifted up this other congregation that, that, that he didn't know before God, and he took joy in that. Um, and then... Uh, I wanted to hit verse 12. This is kind of the the, the phrase in the passage that that really drew me here uh, this this morning. He says this about his relationship with the Roman church. Verse 12, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. That there is supposed to be an, an encouragement that goes both ways from Christian communities, from one group of Christians thinking about another. And this was the case with Paul and the Romans. He wanted his ministry to be an encouragement to them, and he knew that their ministry was an encouragement to him. It wasn't just supposed to be one-sided. And so my hope for us as a church, for you as an individual, that as you hear about ministries like what Mikal is doing and other missionaries that come and visit Bethel, that we get the privilege of supporting, I hope that that is a mutual encouragement to you. You are encouraged about what God is doing, not only here in our hometown in the city of Fairbanks, but also around the world. Uh, I think for Paul, it was encouraging to think about what was, was going on 
in Rome because of the difficulty of their circumstances, that, that they weren't giving up, that they hadn't lost hope, that their love for the Lord was still strong. And I will tell you, as I hear from uh, Mikal and my other friends in the, in the Czech Republic, I'm encouraged by them because they're not giving up because it's complicated and they're alone, but they're not throwing in the towel. They're doubling down on the next generation and they're asking for people to help them because they know what God can do and he wants to see it fanned into flame. See, God is at work here, there, and all around the world. In Timothy, we're reminded about God's love for people when, when Paul tells us this, all, God wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. See, God cares about people here in Fairbanks, Alaska, here in this room. He cares about the native communities in Alaska. He cares about the Ukrainians. He cares about the Czechs. He cares about people in Saskatchewan that I have reason to believe is a real place in Canada, but I'm not sure, right? He cares about the world and desires for them to come to a knowledge and understanding of him as their savior, and when we see God at work where we are, or we see God at work where others are, we are reminded of God's power and his strength to change people's hearts and change people's lives. And so we are to be mutually encouraged as we hear about what's going on in other places. And they will hopefully be mutually encouraged as they hear about what goes on where we are. My hope this morning, uh, as you heard from, from Mikal, is that you were reminded about the universal church. See, sometimes it's easy to see church as our church and just this building and just this place and just what we are doing, but we miss God's big picture plan as he works through a worldwide universal church. Sometimes we need scripture to remind us that God's not just about right here, but he's about everywhere. And he's doing what he intends to do. And we can get pretty locked in of what's right in front of our face. And sometimes we need scripture. We need uh, encouragement from other churches to to back us up to 30,000 feet and see the big picture where God is at work. I will tell you one thing um, that has been a a tremendous encouragement in my life uh, is getting to go a handful of different times and participate in a church service in a different country in a different language. And to sit there and worship and have no idea what they're saying and be instructed and have no idea what they're saying and to be prayed for and have no idea what they're saying. And yet I know with confidence that God does. That they're speaking to him, that they're worshiping him. That And even though I don't know the words, I don't know their songs, I don't know... I know that God does, and I find that to be a beautiful picture of the universal church as God has created it with all of its diversity. Because see, in those moments, whether we realize it or not, we're getting a glimpse of heaven. See, we're told in Revelation in chapter 7, uh, it's saying this, 
After this, I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages standing before the throne and before the lamb clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and unto the lamb. That's what we as Christians have to look forward to, a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, from every tribe, from all languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. That is our hope in the universal work of our God. And so maybe before today, you didn't know Mikal, you you hadn't met Edit. Uh, Maybe it's before today, you couldn't have found Czech Republic on a map, but someday, according to God's scriptures, we will stand in heaven and worship the Lord with all the nations, all the tribes, all the tongues. And that is what we are supposed to find encouraging when we hear from ministries around the world. What an awesome and a glorious thing to look forward to. What a beautiful thing to get to just see a picture of at times and rejoice in when we do. Because God is at work and this is his world and he is the sovereign king and it's fun to help him out as he allows us. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for for what you are doing. Uh, We do not do it in our own strength. It is not with our own cleverness. Uh, Lord, it is by your grace that you have allowed us to take part in the harvest Uh, Lord, thank you for the hearts and minds that you are changing and leading to you. Lord, thank you for what you are doing here in Fairbanks, what you're doing in Alaska, what you're doing in our country, and Lord, what you're doing in Czech Republic and the rest of the world. You are amazing. Help us to be encouraged by what you're doing and to work hard in the places that you have placed us, whether that's as a missionary, whether that's as a teacher, whether that's as a a husband, whether that's as a, a student. Lord, whatever that is, may we do it well because you have asked us to. In Jesus' name, amen.